Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDad.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And I'm Billy Campbell. I was in the acting department on The Rocketeer. Uh, yeah. Oh, and we have to play... Wait, we, we forgot to play Billy's theme, was, so here we are. Just a moment. <laughs> You're listening to a special Billy Campbell episode on The Rocketeer Minute. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Campbell. <laughs> Welcome back, Billy, and uh, as always, we appreciate you being on. And uh, we're back now, th with this uh, acting department. Is that an important department on a film? <laughs> would you say is that sort of noticeable? I would say it's one of the least important uh, departments <laughs> on the film, uh, at least in terms of uh, if you were to measure if the uh, yeah if you were to measure by hard work. Wow, <laughs> ever we, humble. Uh, we are in uh, we are in one of the least uh, special effecty minutes of the show. Um, we uh, we start with uh, with poor Cliff looking at half of a half of a Lindbergh head. <laughs> and uh, right. he just looks like a, he looks like an Easter bunny about, you know, maybe three in the afternoon. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, so he, he gets uh, he gets stood up and I don't know what they're going to do with that. Oh, I guess they're just going to leave the statue park next to uh, Lucky's, uh, yeah, Lucky's front door. I think so. I remember that evening so clearly. Uh, it was one that was it was quite cold. We're out in some potato fields somewhere. I don't remember exactly where, but uh Alan and I running around all night long in the potato field, and uh, he found a cat. We found a kitten, um, which I think he kept, if I recall, um, or maybe gave to a crew member. I'm not sure, but yeah, it was cold. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, we were we were talking about that a couple of days ago. Um, while you're you you and Alan were walking back and forth across the the, mm. the field there, that plowed field, and you had a basically keep pace with the camera and vice versa. So that, how many how many times did you march across that field? I would imagine Well, we were back and forth several times, but uh, the, the real trick was, and I think you can see it once or twice, it's, it's, not, it's not the best footing in the world. You're either stepping in a trench or you're stepping, one foot is on top of a little, you know, berm of earth. Uh, so it was, a, it was a little tricky. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we did okay. No, nothing... Uh, Nothing. I don't think either one of us fell down that I recall. Yeah, um, it, the the lighting was beautiful, and I mean that you know, filming in the middle of the night is tricky, but the uh, the the uh, the lighting was fantastic. I mean, it did really look like it was just lit by the headlights yeah. of the Model T. I'm sure there was a whole bank of, of the light, lighting but... was lovely. There was one tiny little special effect that I thought when I saw the film later. I thought, you know, the the, the rocket goes up with Lindbergh and it and it disappears, and then PV and I are sort of bemoaning the fact and in the deep background behind us you see a pinprick of light as it's coming toward us well the background's out of focus but the pinprick of light is in focus and i was oh. like oh they should have that should have been out of focus at first along with the background but that's i mean that is nitpicking if uh <laughs> well you came you to, to the right place nitpicking, that's <laughs> yes, right yes. if you were going to pick fleas baby fleas <laughs> that would be an example 
Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, it didn't affect anybody. I, I, I was I was sitting in the sixth row and I didn't notice until until just now. And now, now. you guys never noticed that you were you were the ultimate <laughs> flea pickers of all time, and you never noticed that. The ultimate wow. flea pickers. Well, well, now now we have team shirts. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate flea pickers. Yeah. You know, it's great. <clears throat> I remember we talked yesterday, right at the end of uh, minute twenty-one, how perfectly these uh, sometimes these minutes break up. As you know, right at the end of yesterday, Billy, you got the line. You know, mm. I'm going to need a. And then, <laughs> what's he going to need? It's a cliffhanger. And then today, a helmet. Yeah. And and as we you know, you step ever closer to that, uh, you know, that masterpiece of design, that helmet. It's funny but, when when you talked about doing the podcast. Did you did you think did you you know argue with each other about well you know we could we could end it just after the line or or no we have to. And it precisely on a minute. Yeah, I I took the uh, I took the film and I put it through a piece of software that just chops it into one minute breaks mm. and wherever wherever the zero zero hit that's where we went. So that's it, it. Okay. And yeah, it's just... I it I think it kind of points out Arthur Schmidt the uh, editor probably cut this on the yeah, he probably cut it. Okay, here's the first minute we're going to do this. And <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling all the uh, all the storyboards seem to land pretty close to where we're at. So yeah, yeah. Um, but it yeah it it's it's amazing how randomly these things kind of land. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're, we're finished. We're finished in the bean field, and yep. uh, we go back to uh, we go back to an interior of, a, of basically a dorm room where uh, Helen Forrest is singing uh, "Sweet Little Headache," which uh, Helen Forrest at the time was a, a nineteen big big time swing era singer. She sang with people like Benny Goodman and uh, Artie James. And, uh, wait, I'm saying that wrong. Artie um, Shaw. Artie Shaw. Shaw. Yeah. Artie Shaw. Yeah, and uh, you know, basically, she was the front the front woman for a lot of big bands. She was kind of the voice of the swing era. And, uh, <clears throat> this uh, is a know, big Bing Crosby tune, right? From, uh, yes. What was the movie? Uh, you're going to have to go with that. Cause I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but she, yeah, she, one. uh, but she yeah, sang she, with Benny Goodman and, and, uh, Harry James, Harry James, Harry that's James. Right. Yeah. That's where you're thinking of Harry James, Artie yeah. Shaw, those, those types. You I know, love, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a big fan of big band music. Oh, same here. Yeah, and it's well. This we're we're going to be soaking in it in just a couple, yeah, no, couple of minutes, but uh, some some great songs. And uh, actually, we're going to be talking with one of the one of the live singers on this show, uh, Melora Harden, will be coming coming and joining us in about uh, half an hour's worth of shows. So we, oh. we'll be we'll be talking with her again. Oh, and, and Jim, um, <clears throat> a quick shout out to our friends over at the Indiana Jones Minute because. Uh, this same song, a different version. I think it's Benny Goodman's version. Appears in uh, Last Crusade. Elsa Schneider is listening to it on a on a phonograph in Venice, no! of all oh, wonderful oh, places. Small world. So. Okay, there's there's the tie-in. We're, so uh, Billy, so, if you do get a request from the Indiana Jones minute, that's what it's going to be yes. uh, couched as. Right now, you made <laughs> another movie where there was another song that was playing in the same year, which. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll go. We'll go there. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But anyway, Helen Forrest is singing the rather um, ironically appropriate song, "A Sweet Little Headache," and we are introduced <laughs> to the girl in the picture, uh, Jennifer Bla- Jenny Blake. Yeah, Jenny Blake, played played by the wonderful uh, Jennifer Connelly, and um, we. This is actually our first our first view of the character, not you know, <laughs> not stuck to a dashboard, and uh, and we're going to find as uh, Brian Fees was talking about in was it episode four that this uh, this opening scene where she's um, uh, putting on a stocking is kind of a, an homage, a nod to uh, to Betty Page, the original character 
that was uh, that was going to be uh, well in the in the comic books is uh, is Clifford's girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, um. So uh. So yeah. Here's our here's our intro to uh, uh to Jennifer Connelly's character Jenny Blake. Oh, and uh, you still my you, heart. <laughs> she's uh she's she's uh, an amazing actress in this. And uh, Billy, we don't we don't go into your private life here, but uh, we do know that you actually have been grocery shopping with Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, wow. Is that a is that a metaphor for something or is that Well, no, a, it's just it's just one of those I uh, I just keep if you know if cuz we used to grocery shop quite a bit. Wow. Uh, we we, we um, no, we we were we were uh, yes, we we got together on that on that film and and uh, it was just one of the joys of my life. She was one of the joys of my life. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, do you now? You were did you first meet when you were doing the uh, the screen tests? We did. We yes. Interestingly enough, when I was when I was uh, we have to go way back to when I was in my hometown of Charlottesville, Virginia, about seven eight years before Rocketeer, and I had an agreement with the local movie theater. Um, I would come and paint. Uh, on their windows, I would paint uh, the posters for upcoming movies in, in tempera paint. Um, I used to go to movies there so frequently that I became friendly with the management, and so I sort of proffered this deal whereby I would get free movies if I painted uh, for upcoming attractions on their windows. And one of the films that came to that theater was uh, Once Upon a Time in America, a great, great film directed by Sergio Leone. Um, and it had an all-star cast. You know, I think it was Pacino and maybe De Niro. It was James Woods and Elizabeth McGovern and a bunch of people. But then there was a whole cast, younger people, that were playing all of them, these people when they were still in Italy and when they were just coming to New York. And the person playing the young Elizabeth McGovern was, uh, was uh, the young... Jennifer Connelly. And uh, I, I remember watching that film at that point in time. She might have been 12 or something. And I thought, she is just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, this, this young girl who's dancing ballet. And I think uh, Al Pacino's young character is hiding in a broom closet, spying on her through a peephole or something. And um, cut to eight years later, seven years later or something, and I'm, I'm. Uh, they call me in for to screen test. I've got the part. They call me in. Joe calls me in to screen test with a, a few gals, uh, one of which is uh, Penny Miller, Penelope Miller, uh, Annabeth Gish, uh, and Jennifer Connelly. And I, I didn't, I didn't recognize her name, but I walked into the screen test, and there was the the little girl from Once Upon a Time in America. And now, of course, she was 19 and absolutely stunning. And uh, I just just about just about fainted on the spot. Uh, and of course, it was very clear, I think, from the beginning that, uh, that she was Joe's choice. But he came to me after I screen tested with uh, all three of them. And, and they were all lovely, but uh, he said, uh, and so, uh, which one do you think was your favorite? And I said, uh, 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 Jennifer. And he's like, me too, me too. <laughs> so, uh, so that was that. Wow. And, yeah. Uh, that, you had an amazing chemistry in this movie and it was a great, it, you know, it's this great, uh, 
a 30s screwball comedy kind of a you know that affection uh annoyance and and just uh really feeding off of each other in terms of getting the getting the act uh, the acting going in this group i think so you know it was a, it was a as i'm fond of saying you you'd have to be a fence post not to have chemistry with with jc she's she's a remarkable person a remarkable woman she's a she's a great actress um yeah, she's uh, she would she just was the part. She really was the part. Yeah, she first really uh, caught my attention in uh, Labyrinth, which I yeah. think was a year or two, probably a year or two after Once Upon a Time in America, mm. and uh, um, just had that same reaction. Although I was going back through my journals, I, I've never been grocery shopping with Jennifer Connelly. We've never <laughs> once, I don't think we've even ever been in the same grocery store. I guess I can't prove well, that. I mean, maybe you had but... the same experience I did. I felt like a bit of a perv when I saw her in, in uh, once upon a time in America, because I mean, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't really pervy, but I just thought she is just a flat out, beautiful, beautiful human being. Mm. And, uh, uh, <clears throat> for me, in, like a... in Labyrinth, it was uh, I, I reconcile this, or I, I keep telling myself this. I tell my therapist this every week <laughs> that uh, that it was okay because we're within a year or two of the same age. So yeah. you know, I'm sort of a young yeah. teenager in the, yeah. at that time that movie came out. So she, yeah. so it's uh, so I that didn't, was all good. I didn't, I didn't have that rationale. I, well, I, I don't have didn't... that rationale. But by so. the time you were at the grocery store, everybody's of an appropriate age. That's and, true, and That's we're all true. fine. That's very true. Yeah, you know, you can ask those questions like, "Do you do you want these fig newtons, or do we already have them?" Yeah, we're we're desperately trying not to make grocery shopping a euphemism for something. We should. We really should. It's a it's a family show about a family film. Where it is? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, and we can admire from from the moment that 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 she appears on the screen, we get. Uh, she's putting on a stock, and we see the uh, the bracelet that's going to take uh, a little mm. bit of uh, plot work later on. Yep. And uh, uh, we cut over to her uh, her roommate, who is uh, uh, again frustrated that she doesn't have a fly boy waiting for her <laughs> at the bottom of the stairs. But they're all, um, and he she seems to be exci- exceedingly happy that uh, that she's got a fly boy. And there you are in your jodhpurs again out there <laughs> climbing yes. up the stairs and. Um, Joe Johnson is saying, "Now wave at the camera." <laughs> um, it's a, where, where was that exterior film? Do you remember where we're about? You that know, was? I cannot remember, but no, actually, I think that was a set. Really? Yeah, I think that was a set, if Boy, I recall. Got... Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have rather, guessed that. Rather elaborate one, and uh, I, I do like the matching in the in the script that uh, you you where you kiss your thumb, uh, Jenny Blake kisses her yeah, finger, right. and. Uh, and leave lipstick on your nose. You know, so, I was just going touch. to ask about that. It's a simple minor thing about movie making, but how long in advance did you guys sit and have that portrait done before this scene was shot? I mean, obviously at the time, long enough to get the film developed. Oh man, but, gosh, but was, I, 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 there's no way I can, uh, uh, I have no idea. no idea. I just wonder about that sort of thing in general though, because you've, you know, you, you know, get to the scene and, and you have yeah. to have had that picture done already. Typically they, they do that, you know, one of the first few days of production. Um, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it happens all the time, of course. course. You need family photos and so forth. And often what will happen if they don't have uh, enough of a, um, you know, if, if it doesn't sort of logistically work out that actors can be there at the beginning of production because maybe their part kicks in 
a bit later in production, then they need to Photoshop something. Right. And uh, that can lead to, you know, uh, virtually laughable <laughs> examples of family <laughs> photos. I've seen family photos that were just, just really not very good. I, well, it's like the ones that Jim and I have been circulating of the three of us, of Hal, Jim, and Billy, <laughs> yeah. you know, best friends. Here we are at the beach. Here we are. Yeah. You know, we're catching a movie, having ice cream, all that kind the, of stuff. Uh, when when you were, uh, it, I have I have some this spring on you. Back in 1990, you were talking mm-hmm. to the Los Angeles Times while you were making this movie. And yeah. uh, you had been uh, worried about the fact that when this movie came out, you were going to no longer be anonymous. And I don't know if you remember this interview, but... Uh, <laughs> You were kind of. This is something that you said that at the time you had never been recognized in public before. Yeah, I think uh, I don't. I don't remember I, specifically saying that, but I do remember having the feeling. Um, and you know, I was, I was wondering. Do you remember the first time you were recognized? You know, it's like, oh my gosh, it's Bill Campbell from the Rocketeer. You know, do you remember that that moment? Or, or you mean the first time I was ever recognized at all? Um, just yeah, for just the like, Rocketeer. Like, or no, I mean, not even the Rocketeer, but I mean, I guess you'd, you'd yeah. worked on a Dynasty and things I, like that. Yeah, I think it must have been, it, it had to do with Dynasty. Um, and I think it was because, you know, Dynasty, I think at the time I was on it, was the number one show on TV. And I was playing a, a gay character. I think it was one of the most, one of the earliest openly gay characters in primetime TV in the States, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, And I lived, uh, of course, up in Laurel Canyon, not of course, but that's where I did live with, uh, with my girlfriend at the time. And, and uh, so was down in Hollywood quite a bit, which is, uh, you, you know, pretty much boys town in Los Angeles. And so I think, as I recall, my first real bout of being recognized was uh, sort of being on Santa Monica Boulevard and being recognized by some of the some of the some of the boys. Oh. Um, yeah, I just want to make sure I get that. Here's here's the quote. This is from uh, it's the Los Angeles Times and it's the pre-production of Rocketeer. Uh, Campbell, 32, who grew up near the town of Fort Union, Virginia, plays a stunt pilot who discovers a rocket pack that turns him into a superhero. The movie <laughs> premieres on Friday. The only thing that bothers him about potential fame, he said, is losing his anonymity. Quote, the more I think about it, the more it worries me, Campbell said. I have yet to be recognized by anyone on the street, and I'm thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, and I, I have, uh, I, I have a, I still have a, a pretty impressive degree of anonymity. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I think, if you want it, for the most part, you have it, and and uh, if you don't want it, meaning you want to be famous and hunted down by the paparazzi, then you can pretty neatly arrange it these days. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's you've still been enabled to like live your life without having to worry about I got to plan how I'm going to get through this next day or two with yeah. all these people bumping into me. But yeah, yeah. it, it, it just, must be a frustrating thing. You're just stalked by podcasters. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't consider being approached on Twitter being stalked. That's for sure. <laughs> it was a public forum. I, I actually board. have made some very good friends uh, on Twitter. I've only been, I mean, I haven't been on Twitter for all that many years, but uh, I've made some some pretty good friends on Twitter. Well, uh, I guess another place to meet famous people is to hang around at a uh, at an apartment house with a uh, you know the symbols of comedy and drama on the front door. That's kind of a giveaway. <laughs> That's that right. Actors live here. That's I was right. always wondering, Jim, have you been able ever been able to actually read the sign? I see the comedy tragedy faces there, but you know, other than home for wayward actresses or something. 
I have tried yeah. to make it out. I just there's I think the fir- the first word of the bottom line is south, but I don't know what else it is. Um, but uh, there, yeah, and this is this was a, a kind of a common thing that there were rooming houses and boarding houses for the many. Uh, the, the 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 it's a factory town, you know, and yeah. there's got to be a place where you store the factory workers. And this uh, this was a common thing. Uh, up and down, like like Bowie was saying, up and down, like from Santa Monica Boulevard, uh, they, down to Culver City, and and over into Hollywood, there were people stacked like cordwood, pretty much, to do all the oh, MGM yeah. films, and oh, yeah. you know, uh, holding holding bowls of grapes behind Myrna Loy. Somebody has to do that. So. <laughs> That's right. You know, when I first moved to uh, t- talking about uh, wanting to be discovered and how many actors and actresses there were wanting that, uh, when I first moved to Hollywood, Schwab's was still uh, open. Uh, the oh, famous, wow. uh, the famous diner at uh, Sunset and Laurel Canyon, uh, where you went to be discovered. I mean, uh, I think there were a few quite famous people discovered there that would go and sit at the counter and have ice cream sundaes until somebody put them in a movie. <laughs> Or they were too large to fit in the costumes, and they had to leave. I guess from eating all the ice cream sundaes. But the, uh, uh, yeah, I mean this, this was this was the way it, it went. And I guess you, you know here's two, basically the two Irma and Jenny are two people who have been in a lot of movies. But you'd have to be you know you have to look at them with a, with a VCR, which wouldn't be invented for another half century. So they're in the background and hoping to to strike it big. So uh, Jenny and Cliff both have different ambitions, and uh, they're, but they're both ambitious people wanting to get ahead with their job. So uh, uh, Jenny here lives in the in the boarding house of Mrs. Pie, uh, played by uh, character actress uh, Pat Crawford Brown, who is in a million things, um, and uh, she runs uh, Mrs. Pie's boarding house. <laughs> yeah. A great little scene that that you have here with uh, with the back and forth and the and the thirties banter. Yeah. And of course you removed the beamons out of your mouth before you get to the door. That's or, right. You the gum or up. you're sticking it on the or, on the side of the door for good luck. It depends on how you're right. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not just sticking it there for later. But as my luck tonight. Um <laughs> If we need to wow. stop for groceries on the way home from the movie, is that <laughs> I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, you get, and uh, you're actually in your B costume now. This is the second. We're going to be doing a running count of how many times people get to change. So you get you get the the B costume here with the uh, the yeah. nice V neck sweater and um and you start out by by kissing uh, Jenny Blake and and then off off you go after a few choice words to Mrs. Pie. It's uh, now this the the two we uh, you've you've already looked at the. Uh, uh, the screen tests that are going around, and hopefully we'll find some more screen tests from the movie. Mm. These hit me as some of the first scenes that you'd be trying out with different with different people. How do you remember getting all the sides for your for your screen tests, or did you just like show up and here read these read these lines? How did that How did that work? I don't remember. I don't remember that. I, I think the the one thing, really, the only thing I remember from the tests uh, is walking in to my own screen test, walking into the stage and having cut my hair to look like the fellow in the comic book. I walked into the stage and Joe Johnston was right there by the craft service table and he did a double take looking at me and I thought, it was the first moment that I thought, ah, I could get this. Um, But other than that and screen testing with Jennifer, I I, I really had, I'm fuzzy. I don't remember. Well, a, while, a while blur. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I do run. I do remember you guys sent me that link of the screen tests, and uh, I do remember running around with John Corbett uh, on the back lot, and uh, and we actually became uh, friendly after that. We were in touch for several years after that. Cool. Uh, wow. Yeah. Do Do you know who was uh, running the lines with you as uh, as PV? I didn't know. I couldn't figure out who the fellow was. I and, cannot. Uh, uh, I cannot recollect. And uh, in, and also in that screenplay we saw the or in the in the screen test we saw uh, the alternate version which is more of the comic book version of the the original Rocketeer's backpack. Yes, um, that's right. Which was kind of flimsy, rather. Yeah. It's like that's not going to get you anywhere, but I guess no. it's you, something to act off of. I think it was yeah. a nice, a really nice uh, redesign they did of the rocket pack. It was. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Really terrific. Yeah, was was it heavy? Was it? I mean, do you remember? It, you know, it depends which uh, which uh, model you're talking about. I mean, they, I had one just to run around with. Uh, I had one that spit fire, and uh, um, one that was uh, for bashing up. Um, they were, you know, the even the running around one was still relatively heavy. You know, it's sort of uh, I can't remember what it's made of, but uh, resin cast kind of thing. Um, so even that was uh, relatively heavy, but I, I wore—I think I wore the flame one once, and that, I was surprised at how heavy that was. I mean, did, did you have to, you have to wear like flame proof clothing? I think I would, I would imagine that your costume would change slightly when you're wearing the heavy stuff. I, or with the, the flame I producing ones. don't remember that. I think you know there were a lot of jokes about you know, well, what the heck happens to the back of his legs and his <laughs> boots and stuff? You know, it's just uh, when you think about it. He's going to return with you know a couple of uh, just charcoal Stumps, sticks, yeah. you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I I don't think I think I had the fire spitting pack on once. I don't think I ever there was ever any re reason for me to. It may be just that I had tried it on to see how how much it weighed. I don't think I ever ran around with it or had to do anything. With it. Well, we're kind of at the ending point here where, uh, where Cliff and Jenny are going to the movie. So we'll save the rest of, uh, the rest of talking about this, uh, walking and talking scene for tomorrow. Terrific. Um, but it's, it's fascinating seeing just this, this early part. It was, uh, I know most movies are shot out of sequence and things. Mm -hmm. Do you remember where in the, in the shooting cycle? this? I, was I think? think it was relatively soon because I remember being, uh, self-conscious. I don't particularly like, uh, all of my line readings in this scene, and I think, uh, really? um, I think it was a little. I was a little self-conscious and and nervous because it was. It might have been one of the first few days. Of shooting. You know, it's funny. Funny you say that because, uh, you know, you've got that line. You know, Mrs. Pine, no gentleman after six p.m. And then you right. just say, right. Well, I'm no gentleman, and I I love that. That's uh, to me. That's one of the most naturally funny moments in the film. Yeah, then, uh, I, I mean, then... I like that too. I think uh, I, I had a little, you know, this I got to see. It was a little, uh, uh, I don't know. I was just nervous. You know, when I get nervous, yeah. it, it doesn't happen much anymore. But when I get nervous in front of the camera, then it it just feels like uh, you're, you're uh, you know, speaking with a mouthful of cherry tomatoes and, 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 and nothing feels natural. And... Um, uh, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember feeling that way. Um, something I've, I've, I've wondered about during the film what, for the cast party, was there a, was there a gag reel? Did, do you, do you remember seeing you know, a gag reel? From? I think there was a gag reel. Yeah. I think there was a gag reel, but I haven't seen, now that you mention it, I haven't seen anything like that in ages. 
Gates. Um, yeah, this is that might be our holy grail trying to find the oh, gang wow, from that Rocketeer. Would be, that so, would be fun right. to find. So here's a quest for our listeners, please. If you know anybody that yes. has that somewhere in the Disney archives, maybe somebody has something misplaced and they just, you know, if if you've got yes. a real, we'll, we'll try to get it uh, transferred to a uh, digital if you could, but uh, <laughs> please let us know. I would um, love but, to see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, let, let's hold here, and we'll 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 pick up the rest of this tomorrow uh, on another exciting uh, Billy Campbell episode of the Rocketeer. So join us here. You know, if if you're listening to this on uh, on social media, as we know you are, uh, you can reach out to us a couple of places. Uh, of course, on Twitter, there's Rocketeer Minute. Over at uh, Facebook, there's rock uh, there's Facebook.com/slash Rocketeer Minute. You can also catch us at the big site RocketeerMinute.com, where you can catch up on previous episodes, leave messages, and get cool swag. Uh, you can even get like little Billy Campbell action. Figures, which are, are neat. I've got uh, one. <laughs> so uh, they're, they're all out there, and Amazon will be willing to sell them to you. Uh, so uh, check check those out. If you're not already subscribed, as you should be, uh, go to either iTunes or Google Play. Uh, look for the Rocketeer or Rocketeer Minute and hit uh, subscribe, and you'll have us every morning, bright and early, so you can hear more things. And who knows, Billy might be on in the next episode. Well, we know he's going to be on the next episode, but keep listening after that because he'll be on a lot more. So I plan to I plan to stick around like a bad penny. Isn't that cool? Gosh, uh, how lucky would we get? Yeah. So uh, anyway, let's find out how lucky it is. Join us here tomorrow on the Rocketeer Minute. So until then, over and out. Over and out. Go get him, kid.